You're listening to The Study Hub on Drive Time. On this evening's programme, episode 17, Physics and Spanish. And you're all very welcome into the Study Hub this evening. And on the show, we will be discussing two fascinating subjects. But can you guess what they are? Don't worry, we do hope. Few clues. ¿Qué te fuiste? Ya te lo he dicho. Me surgió un imprevisto, pero escuché la radio. Decían que toreabas como un ángel. Toreaba para ti. No te creo. No te veía, pero me imaginaba que estabas allí y te lo dedicaba. Come on, what other show would offer you Big Bang followed by a lovely bit of Spanish there. Yes, physics and Spanish this evening. Full points for you if you guessed that. And we're inviting you to either step into the lab with us or dream about wandering down Las Ramblas for a bit of action, buzz, glamour maybe next year. But if you have questions on those subjects, on physics or Spanish this evening, you can text us now at 51551. And as you're getting those ready, we're always keeping an eye here on the latest twists and turns in the Leaving Cert. We have a few updates to mention over the last few days. Earlier, for example, the Minister for Education lost her appeals against findings that two homeschooled students were unfairly excluded from the Leaving Cert calculated grades process. We also saw that the CAO has seen a record high number of applications this year, rising to just under 80,000 representing an 8.5% increase on last year. And of course, tomorrow sees us introduce yet another new phrase into our Leaving Cert dictionary for 2021 with the rolling out of the brand new exam portal. Just to say Brian Mooney was with us on the Study Hub last Thursday. He brought us up to date on all the latest developments in the exam process and had great tips around the exam portal system. So I recommend that you download our podcast around there, that exam portal running for six days from tomorrow to let us know how you get on with that. Um, And we are now going to get get you, invite you, I suppose, to step on into our study hub physics lab now. And this really, this piece of music should set the mood nicely. they're singing about science. I hope he's tapping his feet now because joining me and it's all in his honour is Kieran Mills, physics teacher from the Dublin Academy. Kieran, you're very welcome to the programme this evening. Uh, thanks, thanks, Evelyn. I'm speechless. <laughs> I don't really know if you've ever had such a wonderful introduction as a physics teacher. No, no, never. But never. there you go. I got the big bang all right. That, that was... Um that, that was interesting. And totally accurate. The Big Bang General takes great pride in being accurate, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I suppose, yeah. I'd, I'd like to think my students are a little bit cooler than Sheldon Cooper <laughs> and uh, a little bit more socially adjusted. Listen, listen, Sheldon, we love Sheldon in our house. But look, let's focus on the Leaving Cert then this year. Um, and just, you know, with all the changes announced over the last few months, we now know that on this course there are some changes with a little bit of wider choice. 400 marks, I think, up for grabs here. Students answering uh, questions from a wider range of questions, I think. Is this true and is it a welcome development, do you think, for students? 
Yeah, of course it is. I mean, they've le- they've lost a lot of uh, school time. They lost time in fifth year. They're losing time this year. Uh, so the big the big changes, Evelyn, would be uh, the paper is essentially divided into two sections. Section A, which is the experimental section, that's thirty percent of the marks, and then section B, you're talking about the more theoretical uh, section. So you can kind of you can kind of break it down time wise. Three hour exam. Uh, one hour for the experimental section and then two hours for the theoretical uh, section. And go, so I, yeah, go on, yeah. Just the change I suppose that students maybe should be aware of is that up till now they would have just answered three out of four questions. This year they get three out of five. Yeah, so basically uh, we're going to have an extra question in section A and an extra question in section B. So section A, three out of five experimental questions. These are the mandatory experiments. And section B, you're talking about now five out of nine instead of five out of eight. And then I suppose there will be another announcement coming uh, in the week of the 22nd of March. Yes, we're calling that the week of clarity around here because the that's week when of we'll, clarity, get, okay. we'll get the, the final details on the layout and format and structures for all the exams. We will be tapping into lots of papers that week. Yeah, and I think what they're what they're suggesting in uh, the literature that I've read so far is that uh, the same structure is going to remain, but what you'll have is less questions to do. So what we're what we're saying at the moment is three out of five in section A and five out of nine on uh, on section B. And what may happen then is it may be four out of nine in section B, maybe two out of five. Uh, so ba- you'll have a lot more time then to do the paper. I mean, that will be a big, big change. I mean, that will remove a great deal of the stress from students uh, to have that. And just you mentioned the phrase there, the mandatory experiments. Of course, you know, students in many schools not able to go to the lab to carry out some of these mandatory experiments. So will they be disadvantaged by this or how's that little piece going to work out for them? Yeah, you look, um, my... my uh, Six years now, they would have done a lot of the experiments back in fifth year before the lockdown took place. And many schools would have been like that. Uh, but others, of course, wouldn't. Uh, would you be disadvantaged? Uh, not really. I mean, it, it's always a little bit of an advantage if you've carried out the experiment uh, and they ask you something about the experiment in the exam that you can recall something that you did physically in the experiment, playing around with a nanometer or a voltmeter or whatever. But by and large, it won't really disadvantage you. Because at the end of the day, you know, you're going to be examined on these experiments uh, and you'll just be given a set of results. You'll have to draw a graph. You'll have to do some kind of calculation. You will draw a label diagram of the experiment. And then they might ask you a few little bits and pieces, which aren't worth a huge, huge amount of of the marks uh, about something about the experiment. So I don't think you'll be disadvantaged, no. Well, look, I mean, the first question, and I'm not surprised because this happens most evenings, is about the choices in the exam. And do I have to cover the full course? I mean, students are always going to ask us this in terms of what can they drop? Are there sections they can move on from? I know generally teachers are going to say, look, we really want you to address the full course. But at this stage, do you have a line on that? Do you have guidance around that for students? Yeah, look, I'd like if you just talk about the experiments to begin with, there's about 22 experiments. I would always tell students in the past, yes, do all the experiments because there isn't a great deal to do uh, with these experiments. And I'll probably explain that a little bit to you later on. Mm. But is it possible now? Yes, I'd say it's possible now uh, to leave out a chunks of the course. You could leave out, let's say, all the heat experiments or you could leave out all the sound experiments and you you'll still have plenty of choice. 
Yes, you could leave out parts of the course. Um, parts of the course that you don't like, parts of the course you haven't covered yet. And uh, you should be secure enough. I mean, if you have completed 60 to 75% of the course, there should be plenty of choice on the paper uh, to get by. So, that they've, I mean, the SEC have uh, allowed you to do that. So they're more or less telling you that you haven't covered everything and we're not going to disadvantage you uh, uh, by not covering everything. So that's what they're saying. In terms of Section A, then, going back to the diagrams of the experiments, again, we get questions in about this. You know, if you mislabel something, if you get something wrong in your execution of your experiment, what is the story of the penalties with that? Well, look, um, I, I always tell students when they're going to do, draw a diagram, use a ruler. But I've been at some rechecks and uh, I've seen some diabolical uh, <laughs> diagrams really awful <laughs> diagrams and they're getting full marks on them so um you should try and draw them properly you should try and fully label them i mean what i'll say about the experiments is and students kind of uh, worry about the experiments but there's not a great deal of essential information you need to bring into your head in the exam to the exam uh you've got an experiment and in your experimental book you'll have a method one two three four five six down to ten maybe and you don't have to write out that experiment. In the old course, we used to have to write out the experiment. You don't have to do that anymore. So essentially what you have to do is, do I know a label diagram of the experiment? Uh, do I know what's called a suitable graph? And this is very important because a lot of these experiments have graphs and a suitable graph is what do you put on each axis? So let's say Snell's law, they'll give you a series of results of angles of incidence I and angles of refraction or. If you draw a graph of I against or, you'll get practically no marks for the entire graph. And that means half the marks are essentially gone. You have to remember it's sine I and sine or that you have to draw your graph against, uh, sine I against sine or on your graph. So you have to remember that. So you have to remember the suitable graphs. So if you know what the suitable graph is for every experiment, you have a formula, which is probably in your table book anyway, that you're going to use. And then you know a few experimental details. And what I mean by experimental details are uh, errors, precautions that you should take to get a better result. You could actually summarize all of that, one, all of that experiment on a flashcard. Diagram, suitable graph, formula, and a few experimental errors. And that's the essential information you carry into the exam. And then I, I always tell students that you know a lot more than you think you know. You've been doing uh, they physics always for say two that. Years. Teachers always say that, but then you sit in the I exam know they say that, and yeah, you go, they... they said I know, but it's gone. Come here, Kieran. you're giving me such great tips there, I feel I could give it a run out myself. But what I'm going to invite you to do, okay. you take your flashcards there now, but on the kettle. And we'll come back to you in a few minutes with some wrap questions that are coming into us on 51551. Um, so thank you so much, Kieran Mills there from the Dublin Academy. Kieran is not going too far. He'll be back to us. So get those questions into us. But for the moment, returning our thoughts to September and where this whole Leaving Cert experience really is leading you. And while for some it's about third level and further education, the vital and exciting career pathways through the apprenticeship system is really worth considering. And our traditional image of apprenticeships may be that they are mostly for teenage boys and young men interested in learning a trade. But increasingly they've become a useful way for everyone uh, of learning to just learn about every scale or continue studies. And lots more opportunities coming now. Minister for Higher Education Simon Harris just confirmed uh, yesterday and on Sunday that they're introducing a wide-ranging shake-up of the college entry system, which will see the 
CAO reforms into a new connected structure, incorporating for the first time apprenticeships and further education. Well, with all that excitement, we wanted to talk to a real-life apprentice ourselves. So I'm delighted to welcome Zoe Fitzgerald from County Tipperary to the show, a woman who knows all about the apprenticeship model, having just been named as Ireland's 1,000th registered female apprentice with National Training Body Solace. Uh, Zoe, good evening. Hi, how are you? Listen, as I was saying there, people have had a view maybe that apprenticeships are about learning a trade, but you've navigated a great way to using it to become an accounting technician. Tell us a little bit about your route so far between school and getting to this stage now. So um, when I did my leaving search, I applied to go to college. Um, that was kind of the route that was presented to me and it was kind of what I was interested in doing at the time. I um, studied in UCC for four years. I uh, studied science education. I knew kind of in my second year it wasn't really the career I wanted to pursue, Mm -hmm. but I just finished out and got my degree anyway. Um, So after uh, UCC, I took a gap year to kind of decide what career I actually wanted to do. Um, And I started looking at different options and stuff. I didn't really want to go back to college. I kind of wanted to do something else. Mm -hmm. So I started looking at apprenticeships and I came across the one that I'm doing now, which is Accounting Technician Ireland's two-year apprenticeship program. And I downloaded the info pack from their website and it basically just ticked all the boxes that I was looking for in what I wanted to do next. I always had an interest in accounting and business and maths kind of a secondary school. So I thought it would be a good choice and it has been so far. Listen, you're so convinced by it that I gather it's turning into a bit of a family business. Tell me about your brother. Yeah, so um, my brother did his leaving cert in 2019 and he was always very into kind of like cars and mechanics and all that kind of stuff. So he applied um, uh, to do an aircraft mechanics apprenticeship with Ryanair and he was successful with that. So he's currently in his second year doing that now and he's enjoying it as well. God, that sounds kind of cool. I suppose, you know, I've done little stories on the apprenticeship system before and one of the joys of it is this thing of earn and learn, you know, that you're getting paid as you go along. And I I remember speaking to people who were doing some weeks in college, some weeks on the job. It's a lovely mix, isn't it? It's very practical. But that, that getting paid along the way is a huge help for people. Yeah, I think it's a big incentive and the fact that with a lot of apprenticeships there's no tuition fees or anything like that as well. So instead of kind of paying to get your degree, you're getting paid to get a degree, which is a huge incentive, I think. Okay, so at this stage then, what you're through the first year of your accounting? So I started only last October actually, so I have about five months down at this point. And are you in the situation where you haven't met a lot of your colleagues yet, other than on screen? Um, well, I'm kind of in and out of the office all the time. I know it's kind of a lot of remote working at, at this point in time, but um, I do get the opportunity to go in and out of the office and meet some of my colleagues, so it hasn't been completely isolating. And you're enjoying it all? Yeah, very much so, yeah. So the thought for you is I've done the degree, I've done the kind of the academic side of that. This really is a way into a proper job, as it were, that you can put on your CV and then take with you anywhere. Yeah, because I like you have these two years um completely of experience like to put down behind you like whereas with a lot of college degrees I suppose you wouldn't get that practical on the job experience with a lot of degrees but um this is a really good way to get that kind of on the job learning. Now finally I know you were one of the people involved in the Zoom call with uh, Simon Harris to discuss this milestone recently tell me give me your ad for maybe some students uh, girls in particular maybe sixth years who wouldn't have thought about apprenticeships give me the little ad why they should consider it. So I think um, maybe just like to explore the options that are presented there by apprenticeships. I think a lot of people don't realise the um, types of apprenticeships that are available nowadays because there was, I suppose, that stigma, as you mentioned, about apprenticeships years ago that they were only kind of aimed at um, men and for like industries that wouldn't normally be 
uh, advertised towards women, but um, all that is kind of changing nowadays. And I think it is important that women get involved in the industries that they have interests in, regardless of the kind of gender domination that would have been present in past years, I suppose. Well said, Zoe. Uh, and the day after International Women's Day as well, really resonating those that message that you have there. Congratulations on your own career and on being the thousand uh, female apprentice in Ireland. And to find out more about the apprenticeship scheme, you can visit solace.ie. But now, as they say, for something completely different. Qué difícil es hablar el español. Porque todo lo que dices en otra definición Qué difícil entender el español Si lo aprendes, no te muevas de región Qué difícil es hablar el español Porque todo lo que dices en otra definición Qué difícil entender el español Yo ya me doy por vencido para mi país now, I gather that song is all about how hard it is to learn Spanish, but hopefully uh, somebody joining me on the line now is going to help us make learning Spanish not so difficult. And it's Lisa Fitzpatrick, who's a Spanish Leaving Cert teacher for the last 17 years. She's written some books on the subject. We're delighted to say that she contacted us, reached out to us, I think is the trendy word these days, uh, to give us her advice on all matters Espanol. Lisa, you're very welcome to the programme this evening. Um, am I right? Was that song about Hola. how hard it is to learn Spanish? It is, it is. It's saying it's hard to understand, etc, etc. But it's not, it's not so hard. Well, it won't. You've about four minutes, five minutes to convince me of this. Um, Now, so we have the oral exams coming up on March the 26th. Mm -hmm. So maybe start Mm -hmm. with that. What could students be doing usefully with their time to get ready for those oral exams? Okay, so the only absolute, the only sure thing for this exam is the role play component. So students at this stage with only a few weeks to go, make sure that you have those role plays learned off by heart. Okay, there were 30 of the 100 marks. So make sure you have them down. Now, one of the concessions for this year, given all the disruption, is that they need to have learned just three instead of five role plays. And on the day, you will be asked to go through one of these with the examiner. Now, be careful because you don't get to choose which three. It's the school's Spanish department which chooses which three or selects three of the five to do. Now, most schools have gone for role plays one, two and three, but just double check with your teacher that you're learning the right ones. Now, another thing I'd say to students is don't forget that the role play is just that you are playing a role. So be, you know, a little bit of acting is welcomed by the examiners. And this way you kind of avoid sounding too robotic. Now, the general conversation is worth 70 marks of the 100, 17.5% overall. And, you know, the exam this year should be quite straightforward. So don't neglect what I call the bread and butter of your exam, okay? Make sure that you're well able to talk about your family, your school life, your area, your house, your pastimes, your weekends, any visits you've had to Spain, your summer and your plans after secondary school. Are you going on to third level or like you were talking about there, are you going to do an apprenticeship? I think many of us could talk happily about our houses. Things have been trapped in them for the last year. But just moving on, I know. Like we said to Kieran, yeah, well, like we said to Kieran a few minutes ago, many subjects have had tweaks with wider choice. I know Spanish has had Mm -hmm. nothing too radical, but what should students watch out for in terms of wider choice that helps them this year on the papers, such the written papers, such one, um, one another concession that's been you know very welcomed is that in on the essay section, normally you have to do one of two statements which is quite limiting this year it's one of three but it's not a huge difference it still should put students at ease at ease that if they don't understand one of the statements they've still got others to choose from so make sure that you're make you're making a good choice 
make sure you're choosing a statement that you can, you know, best suit your Spanish, the vocabulary you have, and also maybe something that might kind of jump out and be of interest to you. I like Now, the, I would say to students, yeah, go on. No, I like the way you said that people should work with the Spanish they have, not the Spanish they wish they had. I thought, oh, yeah. I was, I thought I've that mentioned that before. Yeah, I, Great you know, it sounds a little bit sarcastic, not but I mean all. it. Yeah, yeah. A big mistake is where students have this lovely essay in their head in English and they try and translate it onto paper into Spanish. And I would say, no, 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 no. You need to, you know... Um, Go for more simplistic Spanish. Yep. Not dumb it down, but just simplistic. Solid, something that works. clear and, and correct. you know, yeah. a chief examiner's report, they did say that, don't forget that simple ideas, simply stated, is your best way to score marks. And it's so true. And advice for um, life. Then. I'd also, <laughs> yeah. Now, talk to us about translation, because this is obviously a fear for students that they're not going to understand a keyword or get something wrong or translate it incorrectly. What is your advice around yeah. that? Okay, so there's a few translation tasks on the paper. In the two long comprehensions, you have to translate very small extracts taken from the text. And what students tend to do is they go for a very direct, literal translation word for word. It doesn't sound like natural English and it comes off very badly. And it is worth five marks in section B per translation. So it is worth getting very good at it. What I'd say to students is, don't be afraid to change the sequence of words because English and Spanish are not structured the same. I'd also say, once you've done a translation, read it back. Does it sound to you like it was written by a native English speaker? Because, you know, I, I've uh, corrected papers and <laughs> what some students translate is shocking. It doesn't sound like an English speaker at all. So just read it back to yourself. Okay, be um, hard and don't be afraid. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and just take practice. Make sure... Um, I used to find as well that with some students, if they had a comprehension for homework, they skipped that question because they found it difficult. Don't skip it. Make yourself do it. You might not want to do it, but get in practice. Practice makes perfect. Listen, um, and I, then go on the, quickly. Yeah, I'm oh, fighting the clock here, Lisa. Yep. What's your last bit of advice, <laughs> um, maybe? Last bit of advice. Dialogue construction for top marks in each of the five um, parts. Convey the message. If you can, do not, do not know the Pacific words they've given, don't worry, convey the message. Okay, don't worry about word for word translation. A few years ago, you had to say, I'm vegetarian. If you'd written, I don't <laughs> like meat, you probably would have got your marks. You know, don't worry about word for word. Okay, so go for that. Convey the sense of it all. Love it and enjoy it, I think, is probably what she said. Now, Lisa's very kindly sent us through a few notes uh, and tips that are going to be on our website as well. Thank you so much, Lisa Patrick, for joining us this evening and sharing your expertise with us. I think we still have uh, Kieran on the line there. Kieran, you're there with us? Yes. Yeah, I, I no surprises here. Lots of questions coming in for you, including this one. I'm um, just wondering if it's a good idea to learn everything on the course for this year. Well, we kind of dealt with that, but I have not learned magnetism or lenses. I would like to learn them, but is it a waste of time? Over to you, Mr. Mills. Well, I mean, I they like can the leave sigh, out. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. No, no. I mean, they can leave out uh, parts of the course, and you know, parts they haven't done, parts they don't like. Leave them out. Because you're talking about an extra question in each section. And as we said, what, what do you call it? Your week of clarity, is it? Yeah, the week of clarity. Uh, so the week of clarity, uh, we'll probably have to do even less questions. So yes, look, you this year, you can leave stuff out. And what what can you leave out? Well, I'm not saying. Uh, <laughs> you can leave... You can, leave out a lot, you can leave out a lot of stuff. Yes, of course you can. Okay, now quickly, what time should I spend on the various questions? I suppose this is a more sectional thing, really, is it? Yeah, well, I always say start section A because it's an easier section. Uh, spend one hour maximum. That gives you about 20 minutes per question. 
And then you've got two hours for section B. Um, there's a, the first question in section B is there's another change to the paper, which I should mention, Evelyn, um, where you have a little bit more choice. It's a mixture question of it used to be 10 short questions from all parts of the course. Now there's 12, 12 parts, so you do eight out of 12 parts. I always tell the students to do that because it's easy. And uh, I'll be talking about 20 to 25 minutes per question. But of course, when your week of clarity comes, all of that timing will be thrown out and you can just show off your knowledge, I suppose. Just go into the exam and show off your knowledge at that point. Yes, I feel actually generally more and more the exams are going to be a more pleasant experience for students, you know, with the choice, with it, and that's going to be really interesting to talk to them afterwards. I agree. Just quickly then, finally, oh, Kieran, my daughter is currently in TY and trying to choose subjects for leaving cert, trying to decide between physics and biology. Why would you recommend physics over biology? Over to you, what do you think? Uh, well, I have to be very careful here with all the <laughs> biology teachers out there. Um, it, it, look, it depends what she wants to do. So I can't really advise unless I, uh, I mean, physics is challenging. It's lovely. It's full of modern physics. Uh, you had the big bang on earlier. We'll talk, we talk about quarks and muons and taus and all sorts. But, so if your daughter is fascinated by such matters, um, go, go for what she enjoys, what she likes. That's always a good indicator. Uh, what does she enjoy? What she easier, like? Won't it? Of course it does. Yeah, of course it does. Now, um, another last question there coming in about. Uh, oh yes, about if you make a mistake in calculations, do you get penalised through the paper? There you go. Now uh, penalties, I suppose, well, inaccuracies. You, yeah. Yeah, like if you get yeah if you if you make a mistake and that gets carried forward, uh, you should just be penalised for where you made the mistake. That that's all. Um, Don't worry yeah, about so it. So you. you yeah, well, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Just, and, just just, be careful. And the old, the Harry Chestnut about going between honours and higher level and ordinary level, is there a significant difference between the two? Yeah, I'd say there's quite quite a difference, yeah. I'd say the, the higher level, um, it would be quite, yeah, quite different and uh, a lot more difficult. And a lot more difficult, okay. But if you're ready for higher level, you're, you're doing really well. Yeah, well, look, uh, if you're unsure of yourself this year, I mean, the advantages are there this year to do higher level if you yes. were a bit iffy about it maybe two or three years ago because you've got less content to cover because you can leave stuff out because sure. you're going to have more time. Yeah, so I, I would I would agree you should. If you are if you think you can do higher level, do higher level, of course. Listen, thank you, Keith, for, or Karen for those inspiring, encouraging words. That's Kieran Mills there from the Dublin Academy. Thanks to him and all our contributors this evening. Best of luck with your exam port experience tomorrow. Back here on Thursday from 6.30, where we will be getting stuck into maths, paper two, higher level. Uh, so if you want to get your questions in for that, we'd be delighted to read them. So goodbye for now. And remember, you can always email us at studyhub.rte.ie. 